0: And thank you all for worshiping with us today. Those of you who are here in person, those of you who are worshiping online, we're so grateful to have you with us this morning as we begin a brand new Christmas-oriented message series. And this message series is called, The Best Christmas Ever. And the reason, yeah, I got... Two people excited about it. Yes. All right. Very good. <laughs> That's three. And the reason we're calling this series the best Christmas ever is because I believe that Christmas 2020 has the potential to be the best Christmas ever. Now, I don't, I don't blame me if you disagree with me on that point, but maybe by the time we're finished this series, maybe even by the time we're finished this morning's message, you'll understand what I mean by that. I do believe that Christmas 2020 could be the best Christmas ever. As we make our way through this message series, we're going to be taking a look at some of our favorite Christmas movies and the lessons that we have learned from some of these classic Christmas movies. And today, we're looking at the lessons we have learned from the 1989 comedy classic, Christmas Vacation, starring Chevy Chase. How many people you have seen Christmas Vacation? Okay. I don't watch movies like that because I'm a Christian, but I don't judge you for watching. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Yes, it's a funny movie, classic movie. In fact, I was surprised to learn that it was back out in theaters. They're showing some old movies like in the theaters just because, well, there's nothing new out. (laughs) So uh, it's a funny movie. It's a classic movie, and it's been around for a long time, and it's endured the test of time. And so many people love it. It's on so many people's must-watch list in the Christmas season. This is one we got to get in before Christmas Day. And I think one of the reasons that it's hung in there for so long is not just because it's a funny movie, and there's good acting, and it's clever, and it's well-written, and well-directed, and all that, but because at the core of this story, there is some heart to it. I mean, really, what is Christmas Vacation? It's the story of a dad trying to give his family a fun, old-fashioned Christmas, right? And he goes to these incredible lengths to create this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Doing all this to try and make the Christmas season feel special for his family, trying to generate some, some cheer, trying to make people happy, put a smile on his family's faces, and he goes overboard. He goes, right, doesn't he? He goes overboard trying to create something special for his family for Christmas. It all starts with the road trip out into the country to cut down the Christmas tree. Of course, that doesn't go great, right? Gets out there, and there's a road rage in- incident. Have you ever had that, dads? You're out there trying to do something special for your family. You're taking them on vacation. You're taking them to do something special, and there's a road rage incident, so we got to deal with that. It gets out there, and they're walking around trying to find the perfect tree, and the kids are done, and I think the mom's kind of done, too, and they're still walking out there trying to find that tree, and they find the perfect tree, and it's huge. Of course, they forgot the saw to cut it down so they have to dig it out of the ground, they get it back home. Of course, there's the thing with the lights, covers his roof with lights, boom, 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 all those lights are up there on the roof, plugs them in, nothing happens. Decides it'd be fun to bring all the family over, right? So he invites his parents to stay with him and invites his in-laws to stay with him. That's got to be a lot of fun right there, right? And then Cousin Eddie shows up, Cousin Eddie, classic Cousin Eddie, shows up with his RV, which is a real beauty, by the way. Don't you go fall in love with it, Clark, right? So he shows up and so one thing after the other, everything he tries to do and sit down to the Christmas table, let's have a nice dinner and the dog's barfing underneath the table and Uncle Louis shows up and sets the tree on fire. My goodness gracious, anything that could go wrong does go wrong. This poor guy just trying to give his family a special experience. Have you had any Clark Griswold moments in your life? I sure have. I've had my fair share of Clark-Briswold moments. In fact, I had one not too long ago. So we have a little tradition in our family. Um, The week of Thanksgiving, we would go out to Lynn Villa and we would cut down our own tree. Anybody else do that? Cut down your own tree at Lynn Villa? Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. They make it really easy for you. So we started that, I think it was uh, Christmas of 2012, so not too long ago. So we started that tradition. Well, two years ago, I decided, you know what? We're going to get an artificial tree instead, Okay. Because an artificial tree, it's like a one time purchase. They last for several years. They're nice and symmetrical. You see that? See that symmetry there, right? They look good. And so I decided we were going to do that, and uh, it did not go over well with the family. <laughs> the kids were like, oh, I tried to sell them on it. Oh, this will be a new tradition. We put the tree together. No, they weren't, they weren't buying it, right? And so it's 2020 here, and it's been a tough year. Like, okay, we're going to reinstate our old tradition. We're going to go out to Lynn Villa, and we're going to get a Christmas tree. Because as a dad, I'm trying to create some Christmas cheer for our family, right? Look for little ways to make this tough year a little bit more fun, right? And so we decided we're going to do that. So we went out. It was the day before Thanksgiving. And you have to, because of the pandemic, you have to sign up in advance and, you know, book your time. And so we get out there. We had the first available time. And so they take us out in the little cart. It wasn't quite a hayride. This little cart, you know, they've got all those weird vehicles that only exist at Lynnville, they they take us out to this field of Christmas trees and they drop us off. We're the first ones there. We're the only family there. And so it's like, okay, I know how to do this now. We are going to walk up and down in a single file line and just look for the perfect tree. Okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to walk up straight this way, then back this way, just zigzag back and forth until we find the perfect tree. And of course, that works for about 45 seconds, right? And then we're like, oh, look, there's one over there. And so we go over there. No, it's not right. Oh, look, there's one over there. Okay, that was not right. And so at first, we were the only family there. And then more people show up. And right away, I panic. Like, oh, no. They're going to find the perfect tree before we do. Now we're, now we're like, it's a competition. Who's going to find the tree first, right? It's like, oh, my goodness gracious. So I feel that. Like, this is me. My kids don't mind. My wife doesn't mind, but I'm like, i got to find this tree. And so we make our way through one entire field. I'm like, well, let's try this field down there. So we try a second field. We're walking through. The now, let's go back to the first field, okay? We're about 40 minutes into the experience, right? And Evie says to me, our 7-year-old, she says to me, Dad, it doesn't have to be a perfect tree. I'm like, yeah, I, I know that. I know that. But it's something Well, kind of does, doesn't it, right? <laughs> and so finally, after those 40 minutes have passed, Holly and I, we look at the same tree at the same time, and we're like, I think this is it. I think this is it. And so we've made mistakes in years past. We've gotten a tree that's too tall, so I did the test. OK, if it's taller than my wrist, it's going to be too tall. No, nope, it's it, OK, fine. Plenty of clearance. So we look at it, no brown spots. OK, this is it. Everybody's excited. We cut it down. And the way they do it, just cut it down. You drag it to the side of the road. They do all the tough work for you. They take it to your car. They put it on your roof, bada bing, bada boom, OK? And so mission accomplished. We found that perfect tree. We get home, I am uh, cutting the tree down off the top of the roof. I get it down, and it rolls into my arms, and right away I feel, uh uh-oh, something's not right here. This feels way too heavy. And so I struggle to get it inside the house, so I'm kind of carrying it like this through the door, right? I get it through the door, and the way our house is laid out, we've got a porch area, and then there's like an entryway about this big to get from the porch into the living room, right? And so I'm carrying it in, and I try to get it set up onto the porch, And the whole thing falls forward with me on it. And so now I'm on the tree like this. And so, okay. So I get off, and Holly helps me. Okay, this is a two-man job. So we get it up, and we get it in the stand, and we get it in there, get it all screwed in tight, and then we cut the netting out, and boom, this tree expands. And Holly and I just start laughing out loud, because this is the fattest tree in all of Delaware County. It takes up the entire entryway. There's about a space about 18 inches that now we have to come through to get into our house. Like, what are we thinking? Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, it's a little full, and there's a lot of sap, but it looks great, all right? And so that was one of my many Clark Griswold experiences. But you just have to laugh. You just have to laugh. And as you all know, I, I'm pretty sure you all know, this Christmas is supposed to be the celebration of the birth of Jesus, right? I mean, that's what, I mean, it's my job. People like me to tell you this. Let's all remember that this is about Jesus. This is his birthday. Let's celebrate his birthday. And so I wonder about things like the tree with the lights. I mean, does Jesus mind that this is how we choose to celebrate his birthday? Do you think it bothers Jesus? Let's put it that way. Do you think it bothers Jesus when we go out and we, you know, maybe you buy your tree or maybe you cut it down or maybe you're putting up your artificial tree? Does that, does that kind of thing bother Jesus? Does he think to himself, well, you know, this is my birthday and I don't know if you should be doing that. Does that, does that bother Jesus? I, I mean, I don't think so, not necessarily. What about the lights? Going out on your roof and putting up all those lights or putting them along the gutter or whatever you do to decorate your, your front of your house. Does that, does that kind of thing bother Jesus? I, I, don't, I don't think it bothers Jesus necessarily. Whether decorating on the inside of the house and you go into your basement and you get out the bin or maybe you have yours in the attic and you bring it out and you dust it off and you put all those things out, you know? Does that bother Jesus? Again, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Not, not necessarily. Or there's little trips you take to Marshalls, and you weren't really planning to go to Marshalls, but Marshalls is right there, and so you wander around, and you find the de- Oh, It's okay. Okay, right? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. You're not alone. You're not alone. And you make those little trips through Marshalls, and you see this stuff, and it's like, I really don't have anywhere to put this little decor item, but it's so it's so cute, and if I don't get it now, it's not going to be here next time, right? That's how marshals work. If you don't get it this time, it's not going to be there next time until so you get the thing and bring it back. Does Jesus, does Jesus mind that? Does it bother him that that's how we're celebrating his birthday? Well, not, not, not necessarily. And there's the stockings, and there's the fun. You put a little fire in the fireplace, right? And you get on your pajamas and your cozy slippers and your blanket and your cup of cocoa, and you put on one of those Hallmark Christmas movies, Right? and you see what kind of nonsense that Danica McKellicker is up to, or what's her name, Candace Cameron Bure, what are they up to this season, right? And you're sipping your cocoa, ooh, it's so cozy. Does Jesus mind that that's how we celebrate his birthday? You know, you'd have to ask Jesus. (laughs) I don't think so, not necessarily. I don't think any of these things bother Jesus necessarily. It's when any of those things become more important than Jesus, that's when we have a problem. That's when we have a problem. You can do the tree, you can do the lights, you can do the decorating, you can do the shopping, do what you got to do. But as soon as those things start to steal our focus away from Jesus, that's when we have a problem. And so all these things I think are fun and I think are fine, but there is, and we just have to acknowledge it, there is a danger that we can let some of those other things take the place of the real celebration. If we're not careful, we can allow those other things, the decorating, the shopping, the whatever it is, become the focus of the holiday. That's, that's when we've run into a problem, okay? And I think we're, we're very, I mean, we're vulnerable this year, okay? So many of us are trying to overcompensate for a tough year, right? So many, and it's not just us parents. So many of us are trying to find ways to make Christmas feel special. We want this Christmas to feel big and bright and bring some holiday cheer. We want it to feel Christmassy, right? And So we're running the risk. We might overcompensate in the wrong direction, and we need to be careful. We need to be careful about that. Take a look at that passage in your bulletin that Mr. Sitter read for us today. It's not exactly a Christmassy passage. It's this account where Jesus is traveling and he's spending some time. He's at the home of this uh, trio of siblings. It's Mary and Martha and Lazarus These siblings. And Jesus and his disciples are there at the home. They're hosting him. And so Martha opens the home up to Jesus and uh, And Jesus is just spending time, you know. He and his disciples—they must have had a large enough house for all these people to come in and gather. And so Jesus is teaching; he's doing his thing, and and Martha's there. She's playing; she's the hostess with the mostess, right? She's there; she's doing her job; she's taking care of things. And Sister Mary—I assume now—I'm not sure—I assume Mary's the younger sister, but don't you kind of assume that too? Like Martha's the older one, kind of taking care of all the business. And uh, there's—you know—we don't know for sure. But Mary's just sitting there, (laughs) listening. To Jesus. Now, you, you may have been at parties similar to this. I don't know if you've ever had a, a party where Jesus and his disciples showed up, but you've been at party similar to this where the host or the hostess is just moving the whole time, right? Maybe you've been that host or hostess. You're just moving the whole time. You're making sure the food is warm. You're making sure everybody has their drinks filled, and you're just, you don't eat the entire party because you're taking care of other people. Have you done, yeah, some of you have done that, right? Or you've been at parties like that where the host never sits down and enjoys like, spending time with the people who are there, And so that's Martha, she's doing her thing and she's taking care of everybody and um, it starts to bother her that her sister isn't helping. And so being the mature person that she is, she decides to tattletale on her sister to Jesus. (laughs) Now Jesus, I don't mean to interrupt your teaching here, but um, I want to tattletale on my sister because I'm doing all the work here and she's just sitting around. And boy, did she get a lesson that she wasn't expecting, right? She says, Martha, you're worried. You're worried about all these little things. But there's only a few things that matter, really, really just the one. Really just the one. And Mary has chosen the right thing to do, and I'm not going to take that. We can't take that from her. You know, Martha, you're looking at all these other things and it's you want to have the house just cleaned up just right. You want things to be tidy. You want the dishes to be put away. You want to make sure everybody's cocoa is filled or whatever it is. You want to make sure everybody's taken care of. Okay, fine. But you're focusing on the wrong stuff. All these other things are distracting you from the fact that Jesus is in your house right now. And you're missing it because you're focused on all the wrong things. Can you imagine having Jesus in your home and you're too distracted with other stuff to spend any time with him. Uh-oh. And that's the danger that we run into during the Christmas season, is letting all these other things distract us from Jesus. So I'd like you to think about this. I asked you the question earlier, do you think some of these things bother Jesus, right? It's his birthday, does it bother Jesus that we do this, that we get the tree, we do the lights, we do the presents? Think of it another way, all right. <clears throat> what do you think Jesus, forget about what bothers him, what do you think he actually wants for his birthday, all right. What does Jesus want for his birthday? Do you have anybody in your life that's just impossible to shop for? Like this person just has everything, and I, you know I love this person, I respect this person, I want to buy him or or her a nice gift, but I just don't know what to do. What do I do for this person for their birthday? I mean, Jesus is kind of like that. What do you give the Son of God for his birthday? What do you do? What does Jesus want for his birthday? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I tell you this much, when my kids, when they ask me, hey, Dad, it's your birthday coming, out. what can we get you? What can we get you? What can, I, I, don't, I don't want a gift. You know what I want for my birthday? I want you to clean your room. <laughs> I want you, I'm talking to my girls right now, I want you to be kind to each other and listen to your mother, right? Right? Sorry to embarrass you, but that's what I want as a dad. I just want you to, I want you to do what I've asked you to do. I want you to obey my commands right? Is that too much to ask for my birthday? But I think, and I don't know, but I suspect that Jesus feels very similarly. What does he want for his birthday? He doesn't need socks. He wears sandals. It doesn't work, right? He doesn't want that stuff. I think he just wants us to obey him. Wouldn't that be the greatest gift that we could give Jesus for his birthday, is to obey him, is to do what he has commanded us to do, And if there is one teaching that sums up all of the commandments of Jesus, all the things that he's instructed us to do, if there's one thing he's commanded us to do, it is to, you tell me, love. Love your neighbor. Love one another. Love one another. Think about the ways that you can give this gift of Jesus, give this gift to Jesus on his birthday, the gift of loving one another caring for one another and jesus of course when he talked about loving one another it was bigger than emotion it's about taking care of other people in your life what can you do to give jesus this gift for his birthday this gift of obedience how can you love the people in your life you know, we at Hope Community Church, we like to focus on the practical. We like to focus on relationships. And I want to encourage you to think about the people in your actual life, right? The people in your circle. Sometimes we call that the circle of influence. The people that are in your life, your friends, your coworkers, your family members, your neighbors. Think about the people in your life and what do they need right now during this Christmas season. Because there's so many opportunities that we have this year to love our neighbors to love one another to love the people in our circles of influence you know one of the things that we've done here now I I was planning to mention this and spend some more time with this but we had this Christmas ministry thing that Joyce set up for us round of applause for Joyce thank you very much and a round of applause for you all because guess what there's no more tags left on that tree I, I mean I shouldn't be surprised You're such a wonderful, caring, loving congregation. All those tags are gone, and so you've gone out, you've taken those tags, and you've bought things for people in need right here in Ridley and in Intermar. So God bless you. That's a wonderful way to love your neighbors right here in this community. But there are other ways that you can show this love of Jesus. Take a look in your bulletin. There's this Christmas meals we're trying to help prepare that are, I shouldn't say we, it's the community support team. Taking this on, trying to identify who are the people in our community that are in need, and what can we do? How can we provide them with a meal? If you'd like to be a part of that ministry, contact Joy or Kathy. Um, contact information's in the bulletin. But that's a wonderful way that you can show love to somebody, one of your neighbors right here in this community. But I want to encourage you to take that closer look at, at your circle, the people in your life. All right, how many people in your life over the past year have, have had financial hardships? Right? How many people have been laid off? Is there someone in your circle right now that you're thinking of and I'm praying right now that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you, here's this person's name, here's this person. Think about people in your own life that are hurting right now. Somebody that's been laid off, somebody that's been out of work, All right, somebody, that's, I mean, somebody that's in the hospitality business, the restaurants have been hit hard this year, or maybe someone who's a frontline worker and they're, they're there at the grocery store, they're putting themselves at risk and they're putting in these long hours, or you know, of course people who work in hospitals and health care. Is there somebody in your life that needs some extra help right now? Think about that, your circle, your neighbor. Maybe your neighbor's been out of work or struggling to to make ends meet. Who is it in your circle that could use some support? What about the teachers? You got kids going to school. Man, these teachers are putting in more hours than ever. They are stressed to the max. Maybe what you can do, maybe it's not a gift, maybe it's just a letter. Thank you, thank you, we appreciate you. We know what you're doing. Maybe it's a gift card, maybe it's, I, I don't know. How can you love the people in your circle? And I want to make this specific for you as possible, as specific as possible, okay? Here's what we're going to focus on. Meeting needs that need to be met. Got it? Meeting needs that need to be met. Does somebody need their PICO bill paid this month? That's a need. Do you have the ability to meet that need? Yes, I do. Boom. Meeting needs that need to be met. That's what we want to focus on. Now whenever, and, and I basically, I, I, I don't know, I offer these kind of suggestions every Christmas season. What are the things that we can do to help other people? But, but here's the pushback that I get when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know what, Josh? I, you know, I'm all for loving one another and caring about each other and you know, paying somebody's bill if they need that. Or what, but it just doesn't feel the same, does it? It just doesn't feel Christmassy, and it's just different to go to the mall, and you do your shopping, and you wrap up your gift, and you give it to somebody. It just doesn't, That's what we're trying to feel a certain way, right? And trying to meet those needs. Some of those needs are boring. It's just boring. And it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel Christmassy. Well, guess what? This is a very COVID Christmas. Nothing's going to feel the same anyway. And that's why this has the potential to be the best Christmas ever. Forget about how things feel. Forget about it. Things don't have to feel as Christmassy. Things don't have to feel the same as they did last year. Let's put that to the side. And let's focus on meeting needs that need to be met. I get it. I get it. I know what it's like. You're online, you're minding your own business, and an ad pops up, and you think, oh, that would be awesome. Look at this novelty item. I could buy this thing for this person. You know, this pair of socks. Look at that. That's hilarious. I'm going to buy this. And you know, They don't need socks, but I'm going to buy it, right? Or you're online, the ad pops up, and it's a t-shirt, and it's got Batman on it. You think, oh, my pastor would love this. I'm going to get this for him, right? Now, he doesn't need it. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. But it's just, it's, so I can't help myself. I'll put it in a box, and I'll wrap it up, and there he goes. Now, doesn't that feel Christmassy? Forget about that. Let's focus on meeting the needs that need to be met. And this is the plan, friends. This is how we, as one little church in Ridley Park, this is how we are going to make this the best Christmas ever. We're going to give Jesus what he wants. We're going to love our neighbors, and we are going to put our focus on meeting needs that need to be met. Amen? Amen. Who's with me? Let's go do it. But first, let's pray and sing a song. Let's pray together. Father God, we we do thank you for the greatest gift of all. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your tremendous sacrifice. We thank you for your tremendous love. And Jesus, we want to be a people that follows your commands. We want to obey you. We want to give you this gift, the gift of obedience for your birthday. And so, Father, I would ask you to please reveal to each one of us who you would have us bless. You know, there are people in our lives, people in our community that, that need some love, that need some support. Show, show us, God. Show us as families, as individuals, as a church, how we can take care of the people in our lives. Father God, we ask that you continue to reveal to us your love. Show us how we can be instruments of your love and your light in this community and around the world. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.